Boat Trader is America's largest boating marketplace with over 100,000 boats to choose from. We offer simple, comprehensive solutions for those looking to sell, find, and finance new or used boats. Visit BoatTrader.com to get started. Hunting boots are a critical component of any successful hunt. Whether walking a short distance to your blind or trudging miles through rugged terrain, your feet are carrying the load. Without the right boots, you could give up early and lose out on that trophy just over the ridge. At Midway USA, we make selecting boots for your next hunt easier. With just a few clicks of a mouse, you can decide on what's important, like waterproofing, insulation, size, width, and savings. For just about everything for shooting, hunting, and the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. Welcome to Elk Shape Podcast number 44 with me, Dan the Fitness Man. What's up, y'all? Hey, no fancy intro music. Uh, yeah, we're just straight up get to the point, get to the facts. This is a Q&A one. I sent it out there on the old socials. I was like, yo, give me some questions and answers. Uh, and so I have a bunch in my email inbox that I needed to get to anyway. So we're going to cover a lot of stuff today. Let's get going. Let's rock and roll. Did you know that Elk Shape's brought to you by hustle, hard work, discipline, delayed gratification, being accountable for your actions, not making excuses, being a strong family man, putting your family first. Thank you, sponsors. And I do think that a lot of podcasts spend the first few minutes plugging all their sponsors and code word this, code word that. We may get to that point, but right now, if you want to know who my partners are and why I use them, go check out elkshape.com. I list all my partners you can see the equipment that I use. They're hand-selected. We're going to get into sponsorships. That's one of the questions today. What's new with Elk Shape? I use this time to just tell you what I've been working on. So check out my YouTube channel. It's Elk Shape. I got the Hustle is My Love Language series, day-to-day uh, elk hunts in Idaho. We're going to drop that Nevada one sometime in spring 2019. We are working on getting the store up to date. It's got new swag in there. Check it out. Some of the shirts I designed them myself. So they're all about public land and hustling. I love that. More to come there. And then obviously, um, there's this big project I'm working on called Elk Shape Camp 2019. I can tell you right now, based on your guys' awesome feedback, it's going to happen. It's going to sell out. It's going to be life-changing. But the idea or the premise was to bring like-minded blue-collar hunters together in Spokane. And so I was hoping people would be willing to fly, so airfare, get a hotel, and maybe even rent a car, get together, and just get uh, Uber your ass over to CrossFit Spokane Valley where we're going to meet, do a meet and greet, dinner, uh, hang out. I'll set the forecast for what's going to happen on that Friday night. So everybody gets in on a Friday, leaves on a Sunday afternoon or evening. And in between those two time points, we knock your freaking socks off. So Saturday morning, every participant. And by the way, I'm thinking about capping it at 20. I don't want too many people there because I want to make sure everybody gets enough one-on-one attention. But I'm going to do everybody's in-body scan. That's going to measure your lean mass, fat mass, water inside the muscle cell, water outside the muscle cell, bone density, visceral fat. That's the no bueno fat that surrounds your organs. We as guys are susceptible to that. 
Once I get your baseline, I can figure out your basal metabolic rate. We can get your activity and workout frequency and figure out your calorie prescription. I'm going to go ahead and break down nutrition. Every athlete's going to get a nutrition packet. And then from there, we're going to talk nutrition. We're going to get you guys basically your goals lined out and then go from there into how does it work to do elk-shaped type workouts. So there's going to be a mix of CrossFit, cross-training, and functional bodybuilding accessory work, all hands-on. I want to teach everybody how to warm up properly, how to tackle mobility and injury prevention at the shoulder and hip, work on some midline stuff, and then teach you the most fundamental movements, compound exercises that we do, plus accessory, do a group workout together, break for lunch, and then come back right after, go over programming, garage gym stuff, and then probably more accessories. Basically, you're going to work your butt off. And you don't have to be in any spectacular shape. Come as you are. Be humble, ready to work hard. And then in the, later in the afternoon, we're going to do an elk calling seminar with Phelps Game Calls. And just go over elk calling. That's so critical. Do some Q&A. Cater dinner. Probably going to be elk burgers. Uh at the gym and then have Exxon Mountain Gear guys or guys show up and go over backcountry systems, all the latest and greatest gear, what to pack, what not to pack based on a bivouac hunt or a spike hunt or hunt out of your truck, mobility hunt, and things like that. Then Sunday, we're going to meet at Spokane Valley Archery. The place is ours. We're going to go ahead and get everyone's bow dialed, make sure that everyone gets a little bit of video analysis of their current shooting situation, have uh, my personal coach go through everybody's technique, give them some cues to work on, and then we're going to head out to the archery range. We got a 3D course private. We're going to go ahead and do some perfect practice. We're going to work on shooting some angles, of course, wearing a backpack, and of course, doing a couple shooting scenarios under duress. I think attendees are going to have the option to ship their bow ahead of time and take advantage of having my archery guy, Josh Jones of Spokane Valley Archery, build you your custom strings and tune your bow so when you show up, your bow's ready to go. Otherwise, guys can just uh, pack their bow in their truck or if they're flying, check it in and just bring a bow, bring your backpack, bring fill points. And we're going to spend quite a few hours at the archery range, break for lunch, and then we're going to finish the day up at the gym doing Q&A and going over just elk hunting questions, get you guys to the airport or back on the road and get you home. I think it's going to be an amazing weekend. I'm very excited about it. I think that it's something that I want to do more and more and more, and who knows where this thing could go. I could end up doing a, an East Coast tour or a Midwest tour and bringing these to your town. So... That's my vision. I haven't even talked to my sponsors yet about like goodies and giveaways, but you know we're going to have some stuff to hook up there as well. Of course, there'll be an event t-shirt, and I think everyone knows Iron Sharpen Iron, so that's what I'm working on behind the scenes right now, actually feverishly. So, All right, let's get into some Q&A. A lot of these are either email or direct message via Instagram. If you want to send questions, look up at Dan the Fitness Man. That's the one I check the most, and we'll get to them. So first things first, we want to know about the rain gear. The question is, what rain gear does Sika offer and what are the differences? That is a super common question. So so Sika gear makes, I think, three different. Now, everything I say could have changed. This is just what I know. 
shooting from the hip. Um, and it's all about price point and what you're willing to pay for. There's a Stormfront jacket, which is like the nicest, most expensive. Then you have like uh, the Dewpoint jacket, which is like your middle of the road, but still pretty expensive. And then the Cloudburst. So I'll kind of go over those, just what I can tell you. Let's talk about Stormfront. That's what I use because it's a rainforest where I hunt in North Idaho. Uh, but it's basically the most durable shell in their whole lineup. And it's got watertight cuffs at the end of sleeves. Um, it's got located pockets, two on the chest and two on the sleeve. It's basically one of those deal where it's going to keep water out and you can pit zip it so you can air out if you need to. It's going to be so a lifetime purchase. That is something that it costs. That's a lot of money, but it's also really nice. I always keep the jacket in my backpack, regardless of what the weather forecast says, folds up real nice. Um, the other one I mentioned was the dew point. And so it's going to weigh a little bit less, obviously, and it's extremely packable. And it's, it's kind of like for those really crazy backcountry bow hunters that are like worried about every ounce. And, uh, I'd say that it's not going to like it's not going to be the most durable hard shell, but it's still a really good option. Uh, it's more for those that are concerned about weight. And then the Cloudburst is probably the most versatile. You got a hood, pull cords, pit zips, chest pockets, hand pockets, one sleeve pocket. Uh, I think it's the cheapest of the three. Uh, but if you're asking me what I choose, it is definitely the Stormfront jacket. You don't have to buy the pants. I mean, if it's raining, you just need your core protected. Now, I wear the Stormfront jacket and pants, especially after big rainstorms and I'm hunting in the brush and all the brush holds water. But that's a great question to start out with. Um, everything I said could have changed. That's just what I currently know. And if you can't afford Sika, you that's okay. Uh, just save up. Buy a little bit here, buy a little bit there. Gear will not give you memories. Hunting will. So buy elk tags. Buy elk tags. And then just slowly over time, invest in good high-end equipment like Sika that will last you a lifetime. So, all right, next question. Dude wants to know if a four millimeter arrow that weighs in a 450 grains is good enough for elk. And basically he said he was testing his arrows and he noticed that the smaller diameters were penetrating more. That's physics, man. Yes, that is the truth. I shoot a five millimeter uh, Easton full metal jacket. I have shot the injections and those are smaller diameter. But truthfully, at the end of the day, I like the five millimeters and my arrows weigh somewhere around 480 to 500 grains, depending on my setup. And I think the heavier the arrow, the better. I depends on your draw length, the weight of your bow, but go heavy on elk. You'll never regret it. You never will regret it. So to answer your question, you bet, man, that is definitely suffice for elk. We wanted to know favorite meals with elk. So I would say that I'm just going to look at what we've had this week so far because today I'm recording. It's Sunday. Uh, last night, I grilled elk backstraps. Um, just did a rub, got the grill really hot, seared each side for two minutes, medium rare, unbelievable. So I can't go wrong with that. We paired it with some diced yams for our starchy starch um, that we had baked with a little bit of olive oil. And we slice them up real thin, and then we put a little bit of bacon bits on top. It's super delish. And then we had a side of, um, what were those, green beans that we just did on the skillet. So that's what we had for dinner last night. 
when we can, we'll do an elk roast maybe once a week. That's more of my wife's deal. That's going to be a, a crock pot on low all day. Um, I will say with any wild game, in my personal opinion, the longer you can hang your elk meat, the better. So my goal usually is to set um, my cool bot, which is a little device that overrides the wall mount air conditioning unit. I have like a little walk-in cooler that we built and I have that thing. It's a 10,000 BTUs. It's up there and it's running 24-7 for when we have elk in there. And I usually let my elk hang for about 10 days before I butcher them. And I used to do like put my elk chunks in a fridge and blood didn't really drain out very well. And I always seem to ruin fridges. They're not designed to hold heavy elk meat. So we finally built this cooler. And there's a video on my YouTube channel somewhere about it. But yeah, I like to let them hang for 7 to 10 days, closer to 10. And that's going to make all your meat. Um, the night before, we had elk burgers. And Alicia felt like she overcooked them. Uh, I'm never going to complain when I don't have to cook. But I thought they were pretty good. And we... I don't eat elk burgers on buns. Now, I'm not afraid of carbohydrates, but if I'm going to get carbs, I'd rather have it from cooler stuff. So uh, we had mashed yams with basically elk burger and then cheese on top. So we had fat, protein, and carb there. We've done elk tacos quite a bit, but I, I don't know. Those are just some ideas that we do. If you're wondering about nutrition, just kind of try to divide your plate into thirds. Get that lean protein source from elk. Probably go some sort of heavier starch, which could be squash or yams. Um, And then you can do on the side vegetables or a salad, careful on the dressing. And that's a good way to go. All right, next question is home gym functional workouts on a budget. Yeah, not everybody can afford a $150 a month CrossFit membership, although it is nice to have workouts already made, a coach there to hold you accountable, and to make sure you're moving well and to challenge you. If you don't have that, find someone to work out with. I do think it's better to train with somebody than by yourself. But if you're one of those fortunate people that have the space in your garage gym, get yourself a pull-up bar. Uh, Make one or buy one off Rogue Fitness get a pull-up bar that you can hang. I think that's one of the best ways to go. Get yourself a squat rack and a barbell and maybe some weights or bumpers, shop Craigslist or save your pennies. Um, if you're going to buy cheap you know, barbells, you're going to be disappointed if you start doing some Olympic lifting like cleans and jerks and snatches. So I generally say a $200 barbell is well worth it or more. Um, the barbell and that I use in my garage is a $700 uh, barbell that's made for Olympic weightlifting. It spins. You can spend upwards of $1,100 on a barbell. Get something that's a good, solid barbell. Rogue makes an Econo bar. It's a great bar. I think it's 300 bucks, something like that. But get a good barbell. Get some weights. Bumpers would be ideal. Again, you're probably not going to find those on Craigslist. Um, if you can't do a barbell, then get some dumbbells. I think some pretty standard weights would be like a pair of 35s, a pair of 50s, and that's all you need. If you have 60s, 70s, 80s, great, but you can do a lot of damage with that. You could get a kettlebell, like a 53-pound kettlebell or a 70-pound kettlebell or a 35-pound kettlebell. Uh, make sure you have some chalk in your gym. I know that sounds funny, but I always, if I don't have chalk, it sucks when you're doing real grippy workouts. Um If you're looking at investing in like the best cardio machine, um, I think I have two thoughts on that. One would be like a, uh, 
not a, a rogue echo bike or better yet an assault bike by lifecore fitness those fan bikes are the devil and i wouldn't buy one of those old school schwinn bikes or even the new schwinn bikes those aren't the same thing an assault bike assaults your body it literally there's something about it that just causes the most bang for the buck and you'll know once you try it out i think you can get those for between five and eight hundred bucks uh new or used uh new they're going to be around 800 bucks so uh if you can find an assault bike for sale used pick it up be prepared to repair it and replace parts they do not hold up well although i'm coming from an angle where i have 200 members on and off those things every day so i feel like i'm always fixing or repairing a part on a salt bike but maybe if it's just you and your wife or a buddy you probably won't need to but uh, another good idea would be like if you can find a concept to rower that's another good total body conditioning piece um, you could just get a backpack or sandbags make your own sandbags and i feel like you could get away with a lot if you guys were to look up my 21 days to elk shape program i think there's a list on there of the equipment you need but it's like your backpack a box or your target to step up on some dumbbells or a kettlebell or some sandbags a barbell a pull-up bar i mean it's not a lot of equipment and you can get it over time but i think you know, in the long run, if you don't live anywhere like where I do, where it gets really cold and you, there's a chance you might be soft and not go work out because it's too cold, then get a gym membership or figure out a way to heat your little area, your shop or your garage. But uh, get out there and get yourself some workouts. Hopefully that answers your question on home gym equipment. I think I have a video or two on YouTube about that that you can look up. So next question was, how do you sign up for Elk Shape Camp? Okay, so I don't have anywhere for anyone to sign up until I'm done with the curriculum, done with the handouts. Like, I want to make sure that this is worth your money. But I'm going to charge right around the $500 mark for the camp. I don't know anywhere else you can get basically uh, a strength and conditioning coach to measure you, give you your food plan, show you how to work out. That includes cool downs, warm-ups, preventing injury, uh, and then Basically, and the in-body scan we're going to do is awesome. You should look that up and see what those things are. And then the fact that you're going to get personalized elk calling tips from Phelps, and then you're going to go through backpacking systems, and then you're going to go to an archery range, and you're going to have an archery coach, and you're going to learn how to do better. I mean, it's going to be a life-changing weekend. So I think it will sell out. I really do. So we'll have a registration link. I'm going to email all my subscribers on the Elk Shape website. When you go on there, you have a chance to put your email address in there if you do. I always send those guys and gals the heads up first, and then I'll post it to social, and that's what we'll do. But you'll be able to sign up online once it goes live. My goal is sometime December. Uh, I think the camp first camp is going to be the first weekend in March 2019. I still got to confirm some stuff, and obviously I'm figuring out the budget for all the expenses and go from there. All right, next question is about how do you become sponsored? Good question. I mean... I don't even know how to become sponsored. I'm not sponsored by that many companies, but this is what I've done is I just hustle. I just offered to write for a publication for free initially. And then I consistently fed them to the point where like it was a supply and demand thing where they got so used to my monthly uh, fitness column that they eventually, um, I think they actually hired me to start doing it after about a year of sending free articles. And then 
I started writing about some of my hunts and taking better photos and I got them submitted to, um, this is back in the day before digital. So this is when hunting magazines were your Instagram. Uh, they were your YouTube. And so to get published was a big deal. And I just kept writing and got a couple more columns and a couple more articles featured. And then companies started to notice. And then so when I reached out to companies, I could show them, well, here's what I've done. Um, that's pretty important. So I feel like you just need to hustle hard and know your why. Don't do it for free gear. Don't just sign up with any company because you could get something for free or discounted. I think you should use what you use and then down the road, if you feel like you've built up a good resume, whether it be the animals that you've harvested because you're such an amazing hunter or your niche insight or information that you can deliver better than anyone else or your powerful images or spoken word or you're such a good videographer, everything's so cinematic, maybe... Maybe that's what you do. That's your angle. I'm not sure. That's what I would suggest for you guys is find yourself your why, find the right companies that you believe in, and then, you know, once you feel like you've built it up, then you can hit them up and see if there's something mutually beneficial about having a partnership. Uh, If you're chasing the wrong reasons, uh, you're going to be greatly disappointed. If you have to line up with companies that you don't really believe is the best or you don't really feel like their stuff is top-notch, you're just going to be compromising who you are. So on that note, make sure you're hunting for you and not anyone else. You don't hunt for likes. You don't hunt for follows. You don't hunt for attention. You do it for you and, and whatever reasons that you do it. And that don't ever lose sight of that. I think we all get worried too much about likes and and having people agree with us. And it's not a big deal to have someone disagree with you Uh, They can still respect you, but they don't have to agree with you. So do you. Next question is, how do I increase the strength of my, quote, major lifts in addition to CrossFit classes? So this guy is basically doing CrossFit, but he wants to improve his strength. He wanted to know if he needed to increase his protein intake, and then what should he do? So you will get stronger doing CrossFit, period. You can take the template or the workout of the day and you can ratchet up the strength. You can choose larger loads. You can do, instead of a 20-pound wall ball shot, you can do a 30. Instead of a 135-pound clean and jerk, you can make it 185 pounds or 155 pounds, whatever. At the end of the day, to increase your major lifts, you just need to put in the time. You just have to consistently put in the time and reps and your strength should go up over time. Not a magic formula, but make sure you're addressing some accessory movements to go along with CrossFit. Your posterior chain is the most important. That's your hamstrings, butt, lower back. So make sure you're always getting some pulls throughout the week. Now, if you're doing CrossFit, chances are you're going to see some pulling, whether it be a snatch, clean, deadlift, or some sort of kettlebell work. But you could always accessorize with your GHD raises, reverse hypers, Romanian deadlifts, single leg deadlifts with a dumbbell, good mornings with a barbell or band. And you notice everything I'm listing is all posterior chain. Um, I think everybody that struggles for strength should back squat, do a high bar back squat, and you can mess with periodization as far as 
some sort of squat system where your reps are decreasing and your load is increasing systematically over time. And so you can improve on that. So you kind of want to make sure you've established a really good baseline of fitness and that you're moving really well before you worry about upping up the weights. But accessory work will always be beneficial. You can do more Bulgarian split squats, weighted step-ups, front rack lunges, back rack lunges, overhead lunges, overhead squats. I mean, the list goes on. There's so many accessories, but you can just make sure you pick one or two a day and do them right after the workout. When everyone else is cleaning up after themselves and getting out the door, you can just stay a little later and work on your weaknesses. Gravitate towards the things at which you do not excel at, and you will improve your fitness faster than anyone. Hope that helps. Oh, he asked about protein intake. Totally depends on your basal metabolic rate. Totally depends on how much muscle is on your body. But I would say a good rule of thumb is figure out how much lean mass you have on your body. So in order to do that, you need to get your body fat tested. You can go to a local university and get in a bod pod or a dunk tank and do hydrostatic. You can get a personal trainer to do a skin fold caliper or a skin dex. Uh, find a place like our gym that's got an in-body scan and get you that number. But once you know your lean body mass, like so for instance, mine, my lean body mass is in the 140s. And so I usually do 1.1 for every pound. So my protein intake, I have for every pound of lean mass, I do 1.1 gram. And so that's going to put me over 140 grams of protein a day. I hope that makes sense. And that's for me to build. And that is my goal is to build more muscle. Um, And you can mess with different numbers and things like that. But that's just, just general guidelines for those looking to maintain or build muscle. Next question is, kind of along the same lines. It's a skinny guy trying to gain size. People do not even know how hard it is to gain lean body mass eating clean. To really eat 3,500 to 4,500 calories a day of clean food, that's not simple sugars, that's complex carbohydrate and lean protein sources and fabulous fats. It's like you're eating every two hours and you're eating till you're full and you're always eating. So if you're a skinny guy trying to gain size, don't necessarily worry about the lifting side of things. That's very minor. I think that's the easiest part. I'll go to the hardest part would be figuring out how many calories it takes to maintain your body weight and then adding an additional three to 500 calories a day to that number and then making sure that those calories are quality and that you're getting somewhere between six, seven, eight feedings a day and that they're all balanced and that you're doing food prep and like literally going to Costco and buying all the chicken and all the veggies and all the clean carbs and making them on Sunday and having all your food made for the week. And then, oh yeah, you have to make sure you're getting that seven to nine hours of sleep a night for recovery. And then as far as the easy part is just banging weights. You got to stress the muscle, break it down so your body can rebuild it, create some hypertrophy. That's where the muscle cell grows. That's time under tension, things like that. So skinny guys, you have it. It's going to be difficult. And a way to maybe do that is to suck down a couple of protein shakes a day. Muscle hypertrophy comes from an excess. You're basically trying to build a house. And when you're trying to build a house, you have to first provide the instructions to build the house. So hopefully your training is something that does big, powerful, compound neuromuscular movements that elicits power and strength and that you're 
not worrying about isolating muscles, more the big lifts, the deadlifts, the, the squats, the front squats, the bench, the press, the pull-ups, the big lifts. So there's your instructions, and then make sure that you are having the right materials for building delivered sufficient amount of quantity and on time. So you just need all your materials in enough materials to to build with and that they're delivered on time. So you got to make sure you're doing your pre-workouts for food, that you're drinking branch chains during your workout and then post-workout recovery uh, and then eating all the feedings. You might want to backfill some of your calories with some uh, high-calorie smoothies. It's a little easier to drink a 1,000 calories than to eat. So if you're trying to hit 3,000, 4,000 calories a day, you might do, I don't know, 2,500 from food and then 1,000 from shakes, maybe two shakes, things like that. But make sure you're eating clean and that you're not just getting soft. Next question is about mobility routines for the shoulders and the upper back. Sounds like an archer question to me. What I do for mobility content and for mobility resources, check out mobilitywad.com. It now costs money, but I believe there's some old videos archived where you can learn how to work a lacrosse ball, how to work a band to get yourself in what's called banded distraction and mobilize these areas. This is something we're going to spend a lot of time at the elk shape camp on, but as far as bulletproofing your shoulders, look no further than the crossover symmetry. Look them up and you don't have to buy their crossover symmetry bands. You can get way cheaper ones on Amazon.com. But if you could have a pile of bands with different weight poundages, 3 pounds, 5 pounds, 7, all the way up to 15. And I never use the heavy ones. I use the light ones. There's a whole host of movements you can get off of their website to make your shoulders bulletproof. I'm personally challenging myself to do more crossover symmetry this upcoming week because I haven't touched it since hunting season was over. And I know that my shoulders feel good, but I want them to stay feeling good. And there is nothing better I have ever found than doing the crossover symmetry movements with the bands. So just look Mobility Wad up and crossover symmetry. That will be huge resources. And we are going to go over that at the Elk Shape Camp in person with those 20 guys. This next question has been asked a couple times, but it's taking care of injuries whether it be a knee, this guy has knee tendonitis, the other one was a knee issue. You can't get your knee to be healthier by avoiding physical movement. So if a physical therapist tells you, hey, you got knee pain, it's lateral, don't squat. I find that to be not good information. What is the root cause of the knee pain? A lot of times it has nothing to do with the actual soft tissue at the knee. It has everything to do with weakness at the hip, specifically glute medius. A lot of times we see that very weak on the athletes. So if you have injuries, you need to be a research junkie and figure out what movements you can do to strengthen the root cause. Start with lengthening your hip flexors. Don't allow your hips to be tight. Go to Mobility Wad. Look up some hip mobility drills. Start doing them like the couch stretch, like banded distraction for the hip flexor. Look that up. And then make once you got your hips lengthened, make sure you're strengthening the backside, the glute max, the glute medius, doing some mini bands, some monster walks, and a whole host of other little movements that work the small muscles that stabilize the hip. See if that doesn't take care of your 
nagging knee pain. I bet it will. There's probably some muscle imbalances as well. There's some things you can do to make sure that the left leg is equally as strong as the right and vice versa. You can do more unilateral work, single leg deadlifts like I mentioned previously, lunges are a great option to make sure both sides, single leg step-ups, pistols if you're strong enough to do a single leg squat, things like that, but the unilateral work should help. Don't let your body have any compensations or synergistic dominance is what we call it in my world where one side will do more work for the other side. That's what we're looking for, really balanced approach. And so I think the more time you spend on the internet looking up some good drills and skills that will help. I will try to make more videos on the topic itself and put them on YouTube, Elk Shape. And thanks for the questions on that. The next question is, why did you leave Mountain Ops? I covered that already, but I'll just recap it. We were both going in different directions. I love their products. That's always, that's not going to change. They do a good job, but they just kind of outgrew me. I was one of the first guys to jump on their ship and I just felt like there wasn't great communication I had communicated about the Elk Shape Camp almost six months ago, heard nothing back. I thought it could have been really cool. If you're not, part of just being a partner with me is not just, you know, send me some gear and that's it. I want to work together and make your products better and I want to be heard and I want you to give me feedback and make me better and it just wasn't happening. Um, and then when FNX came along, I found out that they made their stuff with CrossFitters in mind, which I am a CrossFitter. At the end of the day, I do subscribe to the CrossFit methodology. They had the krill oil, which I really wanted. They had the cricket protein, which sounds disgusting, but it has more of the good stuff than be- than regular whey protein, more iron than spinach. I mean, it's just the most nutrient-dense stuff out there. They had a pre-workout that didn't have caffeine. I wanted that because I already get caffeine from coffee. Um, They just had some products that I felt that were better for me and aligned with me. That's why I went with FNX. And I have nothing against Mountain Ops. They're doing a great job. They're a very good marketing company. Uh, But at the end of the day, I'm more of a blue-collar, public land, over-the-counter guy. And that's kind of what I want to focus on. I don't think I need to say anything else there. There's... One last question I'm going to tackle, and then we're going to call it a a podcast. And so this one is pretty much an elk hunting question for archery, and it's about getting closer to elk and how often to bugle. This guy has basically had a really tough time getting in close, like closing the deal, so to speak. This is super situational. It's very difficult to answer a broad question as far as getting in closer and tighter to elk, but... I will try. Here we go. The first thing you need to be more successful in elk hunting is to have more time in the field. So if you are a weekend warrior, odds are stacked against you. You need to have the ability to be mobile and find elk to hunt every day. If you're limited on time, especially, you might put sleep on the back burner and go driving at night, bugling off roads, or walking ridge systems that connects to many drainages so you can pitch bugles and find who's in the zoo, who wants to play ball, who's hot, where potentially 
there could be a hot cow because a hot cow will help your program out immensely. Now, it depends on the type of year, but usually somewhere in the mountains, there's a cow squirting somewhere and the bulls are going to be more aggressive, more defensive and willing to play our game. The first step would be get yourself more time in the field, give yourself more days to put it together and then find elk to hunt each day. Now, once you have elk that at least talk, at least answer your bugles, maybe they don't fire back, maybe they don't come in, but at least you know that they're close, then it's your job is to read the topography and terrain to get in tight and figure out where are they. If you don't have Onyx hunt maps or other ones out there, you need something, I think, on your phone right there so you can see where you're at with terrain, topography, and Google Earth overlays. You do not need cell phone service to run on X-Hunt. Pre-download your maps of your areas and then you put your phone on airplane mode and it still works. Your GPS is working on your phone. You knew that. Well, one thing that I've done in years past is I have memorized many elk hunting areas and all the elk trails in there. Elk trails don't change. They've been there for years. Knowing the elk trails and navigating towards elk on their trails is quieter, the most efficient, fastest way to get to elk, and it gets you in on the elk. So if you do not know intimate knowledge of your area, go to your Onyx Map app, turn the tracker on, and start following elk trails. And um, leave that sucker on. And save them. And then over time, you'll start, you'll have a whole system of trails that you can be the little forest ninja that I am, sneaking on the elk trails and knowing, oh, I know where that bull's at. I just heard him bugle. There's a good chance he's going to be right here on this finger, or he's going to be up on this shelf, this bench right here. Oh, he went down over there. Okay, there's only a couple ways he can go. So you start to really learn what the elk are doing, their patterns, their travels, their habits, and then you can just sneak in close, keep the wind in your face. That elk's probably going to bugle on his own at some point throughout the day, or you can try to encourage them to bugle by doing soft cow calls, um, see if you can get them worked up, then maybe work a challenge bugle, or just bring them in on cow calls, or just slip in tight and not get busted full ninja style, depending on the terrain and the features, if it's open country, timbered, thick brush, or whatever. But getting in tight on elk basically depends on your knowledge of the area or your ability to read topography and figure out where the elk are going to be, then getting the wind right, then taking your time and getting tight, and then predicting the right move to make. And you're not always going to know. You're going to have failure, but you're going to learn more and more as you go. So that's kind of how I decide how to get in on elk. Knowing when to bugle is tough. Most of my bugling is in the form of location bugles. And then I do what I just said as far as using their trail systems to get in tight on them. And then trying to figure out the pulse or how hot this elk is. And to get his pulse, you know, if he's bugling on his own and he's from a bed, you should be able to tell. If he's up raking trees or scent-checking cows and moving all over the place, you should be able to tell. If he's got satellites that are annoying him, you should be able to tell. You just have to really read the scenario. But don't worry. You're going to get better at getting in tight on these elk and learning the areas and keep that Onyx 
tip. That's a big one. It just takes time, more encounters. You're going to learn. And then hopefully you can sit back and reflect on your season and start thinking about what you did well, what you could have done better, and just try to get better year in and year out. That's what I'm doing. I'm always just trying to figure out what I could do better. How can I be more productive with the limited amount of time I have in the elk woods? All right, guys, this is a Q&A. Pretty short, sweet. Hopefully you picked up a tip or two. I appreciate the support of Elk Shape. It's a blue collar elk learning curve buster. We are smoking that learning curve, helping you noobs or you guys that aren't as consistent to be better. And we're challenging you to be better men with your discipline and your training, your discipline with your family, your finances, and just making yourself the best version of yourself through elk hunting. Thanks for listening. I'll catch you on the next one.